Desert Days number one. This is our podcast for Lent. Hope you enjoyed the intro uh, that Sam did last week. And I wonder, maybe you still got some questions about Lent. What does the word Lent mean? I think this will be helpful. Lent means to lengthen. That's what the word means, to lengthen. Now, think about this time last year. We enjoy, don't we, the, the lengthening of days. You can feel it now, can't you? Quarter past seven, read for RBT. Um, and it's lighter this morning than it was this time uh, a few weeks ago. You know, and so uh, we enjoy the lengthening of days. And it happens as we come towards spring. So this time last year, we enjoy the lengthening of days. It becomes brighter. It becomes lighter. The sun stays up longer. Love it, isn't it? The summer evenings uh, that we are making our way towards. Uh, but, but it was sweeter this time last year because there was no pollution around, isn't it? So the grass seemed greener, the sun seemed yellower, the light seemed brighter. It was, it was magnificent. Um, so uh, Lent is the lengthening of days. So we're going along these, these days that are getting longer and longer and longer until the resurrection of Jesus. And so it is, there's no coincidence that Jesus rose from the dead in the springtime. We're looking for more life from Jesus, more light from Jesus. And that is our preparation of Lent, going towards his resurrection. So that's what Lent means, to lengthen. It just means these days of spring. Lent, though, is 40 days. That's what we're in. We're in this time, began Ash Wednesday, 40 days until the resurrection of Jesus. Now, I wonder if 40 days just ring some bells. It's quite significant in the Bible. Do you remember other times in the Bible where there's a 40 days? Well, there's one, isn't there, where Moses goes up the mountain. So they've been rescued from Egypt through the blood of the Lamb. They've been baptized in the Red Sea and they come to Mount Sinai. And this is where they're going to be given the good life. But Moses goes up the mountain 40 days, 40 nights, and there receives the good life, the Ten Commandments. So that's one 40 days. There's another one in the book of Jonah. In, uh, in this time, Jonah receives a message from Jesus. Go to Nineveh and proclaim disaster. And Jonah has a little paddy, doesn't he? He's like, oh, I knew you were a God who has compassion and wants to save people. Isn't that cool? So proclaiming judgment for Jonah means they're going to repent. <laughs> and they're going to know salvation. And he's not particularly happy about it. Isn't that amazing? That judgment is God's um, odd and peculiar work, whereas compassion is his primary, regular sort of work. You know, isn't that amazing? Anyway, Jonah goes and proclaims this in Jonah chapter 3. 40 more days and Nineveh will be destroyed. The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation in Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. Do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger 
so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. Oh, how amazing is that, isn't it? 40 days and judgment will come is proclaimed to Nineveh. So for 40 days, they put on sackcloth and they fasted. And they fasted so that they would see their wickedness, see their wicked ways. They see that they're full of violence and they turn. It's a time of repentance. Just like Sam mentioned last week, sackcloth, ashes, dust. Uh, see their wicked ways. Let's turn from our wicked ways. That's another 40 days. And then we're reminded, aren't we, of the 40 days that Jesus spent in the desert. I mean, that's the big one, isn't it? That's the big one. It says in Matthew 2, 15, so that the scriptures would be fulfilled. Out of Egypt, I called my son. So Jesus comes out of Egypt like the children of Israel did. Jesus goes into the waters of the Jordan and is baptized, just like the children of Israel were. They went through the Red Sea and were baptized. And there he is led into the desert by the Holy Spirit. And there he fasts for 40 days, 40 nights, is tempted in the desert. And he does this one day for every year that the children of Israel were in the desert. Isn't that amazing? So the 40 days really is like an illustration of the 40 years. One day for every year uh, that they were in the desert. Why did they end up in the desert? Well, Deuteronomy uh, tells us why. In chapter 8 and verse 2, it says this, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. So they were led into the desert. They were in a place where they had no luxuries from Egypt. Do you remember they always look for the luxuries, don't they? The onion and the garlic and the cucumber, <laughs> you know, um, and that they had plenty and now they hardly have anything. Um, but it's, he led them there to humble them, like Sam said last week, and to test what is in their hearts. Have a look at what's in your heart. Look at how wicked you are, your wicked ways. Look at them and then turn from them. Let the wicked man forsake his wicked ways and turn to the Lord, for he will freely pardon. It's what the Ninevites did, and it's what they should have done in the desert. But what happens in the desert? What was in their hearts? Psalm 95 tells us, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me, though they had seen what I did. For 40 years I was angry with that generation. I said, there are people whose hearts go astray. They have not known my ways. So in their testing, they were shown to be people who were, who were just going astray. Did not want to stay with their shepherd. They went astray. They did not know his ways. Well, Jesus comes into the desert. What's he going to be like? Well, he is committed to the good life. More than that. He is the embodiment of the good life, isn't it? That Moses received those 40 days. So Jesus, in all of his temptations, quotes from Deuteronomy. It's the word of God. That is what he lives on. And he is committed to his father. He is loyal to his father. And he shows love and devotion to the father. Unlike the people of Israel, Jesus succeeds where they fail. And so this is a time for us. We are in an involuntary uh, pandemic or in, an involuntary uh, time of Lent, time of fasting. We've had lots of things stripped away from us. And this time is going to help us to prepare 
for these lengthening of days for the resurrection of Jesus. So as we go through these Lent um, podcasts, we're going to see how it is we uh, have seen our sin in this pandemic. But it's sin that needs to be turned away from, repented of, forsaken, so we can seek pardon. That we can look to this one who succeeded where we failed. Who was full of uh, love and devotion to the Father in heaven. And the one who was able to clothe us with his life. So we're looking for more life, more light from him. Well, that's the first one. Have a great day and God bless you and I'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.